welcome to Align Your Mind. My name is Chelsea Tanner. I'm a flutist and a mindset coach for musicians. I help musicians feel more confident in their life and career without having to accumulate more accolades, think that they need to get to the next step in order to feel better, and all of that stuff. So I just help people feel more confident. And I hope that... um, you know, we can make space for learning how to feel confident in this industry. And today we're talking about just that. (laughs) We're talking about my favorite topic, how to use emotions to create self-confidence. And, you know, you hear everyone say you learn from your failures or learn from your failures. And now every time I fail, I think... I get to gain confidence from this. And when I say failure, I just mean that you don't get something that you tried to get or you didn't reach your goal or something didn't work out the way you wanted it to. I'm not saying that you are a failure, but some people can um, be emotionally charged by that word. So I just want to make it clear that If that word feels heavy for you, I use it a little bit throughout this podcast and feel free to replace it with something less emotionally charged, like not getting something you tried for, or they just didn't pick you, or whatever it might be. But what does it mean to learn from failure? And what kind of headspace do you need to be in in order to learn from failure? If you don't advance in an audition, for example, and you are making it mean that you're a failure and you're not good enough and a bunch of negative stuff about you, that is not a place you can truly get curious and learn from. That is a place where receiving more criticism will probably just hurt more. And that makes sense. I know that personally, my coping mechanism for a long time for auditions or competitions was just more auditions and competitions, I'd immediately think about the next thing I could do as soon as one didn't work out and sort of get like a mental high off of the possibility or fantasy that one of these was going to work out and I just had to get on to the next one to start working on that one to, you know, think that, oh, then I'm going to feel good enough and then I'm finally going to be established and valued. And I never really knew how to deal with quote-unquote failure so I just kept grinding so people couldn't say that I wasn't working hard at least they would admire me for that right but in reality I was just shoving down my emotions so much that like if I stubbed my toe or like I got hurt very mildly physically I'd be like uncontrollably sobbing for what I thought was for quote-unquote no reason Right? But the reason was that I had stuffed my emotions down so much that the second they had an outlet, they like the floodgates opened. I couldn't sit alone with myself without like a podcast on or something happening to distract me. I couldn't let myself be alone with my own thoughts because I knew that it would have just felt horrible from the self-criticism and the negative self-talk. And The reason I say all of this is to hopefully normalize that experience and it wasn't until I went to therapy because I couldn't keep 
going the way I was going. My therapist said to start feeling my feelings for about five minutes at a time. And since my schedule was so packed, I started just sitting on the floor of my little practice room office in my TA office and crying for five minutes. And I I would have like 10 minute breaks. And so I brought my makeup to school so I could reapply it before my like next student or my next class. And this is how I started. And it was super messy and it felt horrible. And it was not like guided. I didn't have directions. And when we don't know what to do with our emotions, it's just they, they happen and it feels so scary, right? And we want to kind of avoid them at all costs. But, but with this five-step process I gave you last week, you have some direction, which is something when I first found that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's based off a three-step process created by Brooke Castillo, but I added the, the fourth and fifth steps um, to them. And when I found coaching and realized there was this process, it really helped me not spin into my negative thoughts, but rather just hold space for myself. Like that's when feeling feelings become productive. There's a difference between being in your thoughts and spinning and crying through that and like suffering because you're shaming yourself. Um, And then there's sitting with yourself and dropping into your body and holding space for yourself and those are really different experiences and I want to mention that now how exactly do we use this five-step process to gain confidence that's a great question well what are humans most afraid of it's usually emotions (laughs) why are we afraid to take auditions because of the disappointment and the possible shame we're going to feel if we don't advance or win. We're not afraid of the actual, like, not being picked. Like, that doesn't have an automatic emotional effect on us, but we are afraid of what we're going to think about ourselves and how we're going to feel. As musicians, we aren't usually dealing with life and death situations. There's not like a bear that's going to come at you on stage, right? So truly, truly, the worst thing that's going to happen, worst case scenario, is you will feel a painful emotion. And if you know how to process and sit with yourself through painful emotions, they become less and less scary. If you're able to divide out like what is true disappointment, what is true like to this experience and what is my brain making up about me that's making me suffer even more that I don't need I think that's really important what usually happens and what happened for me for a long time is I would put myself out there without a safety net like there was no mental or emotional tools I didn't have any of that stuff and I didn't know how to handle these really painful thoughts and feelings that I was having And it feels super risky because there's uncertainty, there's unknown, and you don't know how you're going to feel. And if you do feel a big emotion, you don't know how to take care of yourself through that. And when you can expect to feel disappointment after an audition, and you know that you can sit with yourself through it, and it's not going to mean anything about you, you're not going to take it personally, it becomes so much more manageable and so much less of a risk. If you're willing to feel disappointment before going into the audition, which I highly recommend you be willing to do, statistically speaking, it becomes way less scary. 
you'll still have to feel an emotion, which once again is just a physical vibration in your body. But when you expect it, it's more like getting a shot at the doctor, right? Kind of pain like that you can expect and anticipate and deal with. And in a circumstance where like it's normal, because it is, the pain still happens you just feel a little more in control about it. It's supposed to be there. I think one of the biggest disservices we do for young musicians is, you know, tell people like, oh, don't be disappointed. Like you gave it your best shot. It's like, of course, someone's going to feel disappointed. Expect it. Don't don't think that if you just have enough self-confidence that you're not going to feel disappointed ever again. That doesn't happen right? You're going to feel disappointment again in your life. You're going to feel rejection and that is just part of it. But when we expect it to not be there and we expect to, expect to, and we're somehow surprised by it, right? That's when like it kind of catches us off guard and feels a little out of hand. When you're willing to feel any emotion, doors open up for you because you're then more willing to put yourself out there. I think about this more and more as musicians are presenting themselves online. I don't know what I would do if we didn't have this opportunity, to be honest. I'm so grateful for it to be on Instagram and part of an online music community. But if you're taking an emotional risk, it feels less risky when you have a way to deal with that emotion. It's like putting yourself out there on social media. If you press post and then expect to feel like totally confident, and you've never done that before, and you've never posted your playing or whatever, it's just not going to feel comfortable. And if you expect it to feel comfortable, then you'll never post. So I think there's a certain amount of uncomfortable we need to get, but also know how to deal with. And I apologize for the motorcycles, but I'm not, I'm not going to re-record it. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, if you want to put yourself out there more, this is really fundamental to doing that long term. This is the first pillar to the four pillars of self-confidence, and that is the willingness to feel any emotion. If you're willing to feel disappointed before you take an audition, it doesn't feel out of control or risky. It seems like part of it. When you're willing to feel any emotion, you open up so many doors for yourself because you're, you're then more willing to put yourself out there. So that's the first pillar of confidence, the willingness to feel any emotion. But this willingness by doing scary things and helping yourself through the emotions intentionally with that five-step process will get you so much further. And once you get good at this, it becomes more automatic it becomes easier you will literally be unstoppable you could post playing every day you could do 100 days of practice challenge with no second thoughts right so I want you to really think about if the emotion on the other side of what you're afraid of is actually what you're afraid of and you can know you can handle that or you want to practice handling that then you have to put yourself out there because that's how you practice self-confidence now The second pillar of self-confidence is the ability to have your own back. Now, I literally have an entire episode about having your own back and what that means. (laughs) 
But if you listen to a lot of these, you know how much I love that concept. Having your own back means being on your own team. It means you have like big sister energy. I made that term up. I don't know. I don't have a big sister, but when I have friends or people I mentor that are younger, I have big sister energy, like unconditional belief in them and love for them no matter how many failures come their way. I'm like, you've got this. I believe in you a thousand percent, right? If you have that for yourself, that is so amazing, right? Because then it doesn't matter how many failures you have. It doesn't mean anything about you. It's just like part of the process in getting to where you want to go. And this is a practicable skill that you can cultivate because it will sustain you through rejection after rejection. And it will help you build a loving relationship with yourself, right? So really always choosing yourself, which means in an audition, if, if someone didn't pick you, you should still pick you. You should still, like people often ask like, how do you know if you've practiced enough? Or how do I know if this is the right thing to do or play or phrase to? Or like, how do I know if I'm doing it right? It's like, well, you have to really like it. <laughs> like you have to be your favorite one of the day, right? Regardless of whether you were their favorite one, you should be your favorite one. And I think that when you're able to sort of practice through that lens and build something you really love, that's also part of cultivating this confidence like in a specific context of music. So the third pillar of self-confidence is the ability to manage the thoughts you have about yourself. So this means to know exactly how to handle it when your brain is being really critical. It means that you have a process for handling moments when self-doubt creeps in or sometimes overwhelms you that's something I work on with my clients all the time and I have so many tools for this and they're too long to mention in this one podcast right now but if you want to improve this this is something I work on with people all the time the fourth pillar of self-confidence is the ability to trust yourself now as a coach I come at this in a couple of ways think about someone you trust What are your thoughts about them? What makes them trustworthy? How do you know you can rely on them? Are they consistent? Are they accountable? And then think about yourself. Are you accountable to yourself? Are you consistent with the things you say you do? Are you supportive to yourself? Are you there for you in crucial moments? This is something to develop. Just ask yourself those questions. If you're not there, that's totally normal. I know I was not there. I was not my biggest fan. I was my biggest critic and not in a way where it's productive. (laughs) So I've totally been there, but I've completely flipped it. Like I am my biggest advocate. I think maybe besides my mom, (laughs) But, but I really do feel that way now. And I don't feel like I need to have approval from other people in order to feel that way. So it's totally possible to switch this. So um, I want to put that out there. I think we can also build trust with ourselves from an emotional place. 
think about a time where you felt a hundred percent trust in yourself for me it's when i'm teaching flute i know self-trust is the emotion that i feel when i'm teaching flute and i know how it feels in my body i feel it in my gut It's a very specific feeling that I have that I can trust myself to say what I want to say, to help a student in front of me. I can pull from all the knowledge that I have. I trust myself to do that. And for whatever reason, if I'm able to conjure that mode physically by taking a deep breath and feeling for however that feels in my body that is a place I can trust myself in a, in a specific moment. So I think it's long-term trust building and moment to moment, how can I reach for that feeling where I do feel like, oh, this is what confidence feels like in my body. This is what self-trust feels like in my body. Cultivating these skills have totally changed my life and confidence in myself as a flutist, as a coach, as a person, and I hope you'll take these pillars and consider them and have these rejections freaking work for you, right? Because honestly, why would we make them mean bad things about us when we have to do them if this is the career path we've chosen, right? So think of these failures, quote unquote, as new opportunities, as a way to become more confident. Every time you take a risk and then it doesn't go your way, you get to practice these skills, right? And the better you get at these skills, the more confident you're going to feel. But you can only build these skills if you fail, right? So I hope you'll make time for this work. Really sorting out, like, what am I making this emotion mean about me? Am I expecting to not feel good or bad? Like, what am I expecting at the end of the audition? How am I going to treat myself afterwards? This is so, so crucial. No matter how much I practiced, I didn't get to confidence without this stuff. I assure you that more practice isn't the answer this time. Not for this one. When people say you should be more confident, like, oh, well, if you were prepared, then you're going to feel fine. Oh, if you're prepared, you're going to feel prepared. That's not my experience. Second guessing can undermine you in a millisecond. And that feels so bad. So really working on this other stuff will allow you to use all of the hours of practicing you've done Like, I used to feel like this all the time. I'm like, how can I still not perform consistently when I've been playing the flu for so long? When I have all these degrees? I used to think that all the time. But it was because I was second guessing. It's because I didn't have a mental plan. It's because I didn't know how to use my emotions to my benefit. And I think that it's so important to be familiar with yourself because building true self-confidence is it is the best investment you can make in yourself to be honest okay that being said if you're interested in coaching or just trying it out you can schedule a preliminary call with me 
Now, don't wait until the night before like a big audition or performance to really think about this stuff or even a week. Everything feels easier when you have tools to deal with this stuff and having practiced those tools. So like I can give people tools in 30 days. That's what my program is. It's 30 days and it's you're going to learn a baseline about what you want to focus on. You're going to have a bunch of tools at your disposal to use but it is the practicing of those tools and I don't need to (laughs) I don't need to explain practicing to anybody but everything feels easier when you have tools when you're armed to actually deal with the rejection that comes with this industry and I hope you'll sign up for a call if you're struggling with this they're free and even if you want to get in touch you want to kind of get a taste of coaching, you want to talk with me for 45 minutes, I'm here. So you can find that link in the show notes and I hope you have a really wonderful week.